Hey guys, welcome to College Football Unwrap. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our inaugural episode. This is going to be an extension of our sports news network that currently covers professional basketball, football, and for the extreme addicts, fantasy football. Yeah. It's my actual personal favorite, even though I'm not on it as much. I love listening to it. We are joined by Perry Aston, who is on the network and is one of the co-creators. Hey, hey guys, here. what's going on? It's such a pleasure to be here. So we are not... On the Apple Podcast app just yet, we need to get cleared this one first before we can join, but you can follow us on podcast.com, can listen to us on there, and the ones following will let you know where you can tune in at. I, myself, am a former Division One athlete, started two years at left tackle at Southeastern Louisiana, a Division One AA school, so... Yeah. I've played in the lower part of college, Division One college football, but I've also played against Oklahoma State, University of Ohio. So what he's I've, trying to say is he knows college football. Yeah, so I just want you guys to know that you're getting he's it from humble. a good source. You're getting a humble host here today, guys. But I know if you've checked out the Twitter page that we had going on for the last couple weeks, I know it is currently week three for the college football season, and we've been tweeting. Uh, it's been a, kind of tough getting this first episode out with our schedules and wanted to make sure it was a good one, so we have everything prepared for you guys today, but... Didn't want to leave you guys dry on Twitter, so at CFB Unwrapped, we have been giving you guys everything you need to know, this week especially, all types of upsets. Been a really cool week of college football this week, so let's just talk right into it, and I know make sure to go follow the Twitter. At um, College Football yeah. Unwrapped, and feel free to follow any one of our other Unwrapped sports pages. They're all great content. We even have professional athletes tweeting at us. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's hop into this. Let's get to some scores real quick. No problem. I just wanted to uh, point out that the there are some cupcake game cupcake games this week. There are some top teams that are playing some some easy matchups getting ready for the season. The one I want to note, Clemson versus Georgia Southern, a school that actually pulled my offer, so I'm not a big fan of Georgia Southern, but we'll talk about it a little bit later because there's a little bit of drama going on with the quarterback situation, yep. but just want to start reading off scores. Uh, someone who had a major upset last week was upset themselves. San Diego State 28 beating Arizona State 21. Someone that went to Arizona State myself, this was a heartbreaker for me, especially at the end with that deep pass that ended up being a penalty that instead of it being at the spot of the penalty, it ended up just being a 15-yard advancement and that ended up not helping Arizona State at all. They would have had one last play within the five-yard mark. It would have been a big one considering last week they upset Michigan State on a stunner. That was so it was exciting an amazing to game. watch. And uh, it was a little bit sad to me that they lost this week because I thought with the new head coach, a very high-profile guy, yeah. getting that high-profile win week one, I thought, heck yeah, we have another Pac-12 contender. Yeah, definitely. And Manny Wilkins, the quarterback, I believe is a sophomore this year, he's really thriving under Herm. And, mm-hmm. you know, coach is really back. You know, you gotta got to play to win the game. You know, right. so I'm, I'm so glad to see him in college football. I don't even know when's the last time that he actually coached. It had to be at least 15 years. I it's have no clue. Very similar to John Gruden, just kind of dusting back in, dusting off the old visor and glasses mm-hmm. and the old whistle, and you know, just, breaking out the laminated play yeah, sheet. Like nothing's so. nothing's changed at all. I'm back, guys. What's up? But I love what he's trying to do. He was quoted that he wanted to create chaos. That that's how he wanted to go about this and get everyone on their feet, everyone really just on their toes, always trying to improve, finding new ways to approach college football. So it's exciting to see what he's been able to do. Unfortunately, weren't able to defeat San Diego State. Manny Wilkins was 31 for 45, 341 yards and two touchdowns. Also ran for a touchdown as well. It's very impressive. But San Diego State ran all over this Arizona State defense with 311 total rushing yards. Just really sealed it. And at the end, I know one of their running backs actually fumbled to, to give Arizona State a chance at the end. But 
they were just running down their throat. That's uh, that's been a staple of San Diego State the past couple of years. I know they had a Rashad Penny Rashad last Penny. year, and then uh, Plum Plumlell Plumlee the year oh, before um, that would set yeah, all kinds of definitely. records. Yeah. Uh, running the football. So to move on from that game, one of the cupcakes I told you about, uh, Georgia playing uh, Middle Tennessee State. My friend Chris, former teammate, is an assistant there, so he got an up-close view of that murder. Um, Miami, 21, uh, has a bounce-back win against Toledo, 49-24. to Yeah, Miami didn't have a good week last week, so it was, I mean, Did Toledo's not. not great competition, but at the same time, they you got, you really... Gotta, you got to come back after getting worked uh, by LSU. They really did. Penn State uh, convincingly beating Kent State 63-10. to There was only one good play by Kent State all game. They had a long touchdown, so at least they can have one highlight to hold their head on. I just like seeing Penn State still successful post-Saquon Barkley, and I really like uh, their quarterback. He's just yeah, a Trace winner. McSorley. Trace McSorley is, he's just a, a winner. He's a, reminds me a little bit of Johnny Manziel in the way that he extends right. plays. He's a little joystick uh, yeah. video game a quarterback. Bit, not quite as athletic, but just, no, just, just very a winner. Si- similar in the way that they play, yeah. though. So the next one we got uh, Stanford playing a one double A school UC uh, UC Davis beating them thirty to ten low scoring game for Stanford but I think that might just be a nod to a former Cal- another California team and not running it up. I really like Costello, their quarterback. He's underrated because Bryce Love is there and everyone expects him to win the Heisman and do everything for that team. But their quarterback is very under the radar. He's their very offensive efficient. line is amazing. Definitely likes. I definitely like their team. So uh, I actually have another former teammate. He starts at center for Vanderbilt. They almost got the upset against Notre Dame. Notre Dame winning 22-17. I think Vanderbilt's going to be a sneaky team in the SEC. I don't think you can count them out. I mean, they're playing the number eight team, and they're and, within five points. And That's yes, very good. Uh, pretty close. You need to watch out for that offensive line as well. Very good run game and very good defense from Vanderbilt this year. So uh, don't count them out in the SEC. I think there's actually uh, no bad, real true bad team in the SEC this year. Kentucky upset. Kentucky, Kentucky looked really, really good. Exactly. Exactly. So, far. so there's no there's no cupcake team in the SEC like there usually is. Yeah. So to move on, a major major game of upset I didn't think was going to happen. I'm playing Louisiana. I was trying to take bets on this, but no one would do it. LSU upsets Auburn 22 to 21. Now this is something that I did not see happening. Big game. And I think something I want to point out about LSU and want to give them props is for the first time since Jamarcus Russell, they have a quarterback who can really throw the ball. Um, I'm not sure. It's Burroughs. He Burroughs. transferred from Burrow. He transferred from Ohio State. So that's why he throws the football. LSU can't recruit. A he's quarterback. just a really big body, and he wasn't extremely efficient. You know, going fifteen for thirty-four, but two hundred and forty-nine yards and a touchdown. He didn't throw an interception, and he can still run the ball a bit. He did put you know ten carries, only twenty-two yards, but he's making things happen, and he's able to facilitate this offense more than really any quarterback that's been there. And they haven't had. The best quarterbacks there over the last no, no, five years a, at all. It's been Etling, run, Danny Etling. It's been their running game and their defense has been the staple for LSU. Exactly. To finally have a quarterback that you have confidence that maybe this might not have been the most efficient game, but his leadership, he was able to barely edge out number seven Auburn. These are the kind of games that, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to be as successful as when you're playing, as you say, cupcake teams, because you're playing the number seven defense in the country. Exactly. Clearly, they have. Insane athletes and a great scheme, and there's a reason why they're, you're facing a team that's even ranked higher than yourself. Yeah, you're going to be facing a tough defense, maybe even better than the defense that you're facing all week in practice, which is your own. Yeah, you're going to struggle a little bit, but he didn't throw an interception. He led exactly. the team 22-21. to 21. And they he went win. up against who probably will be the number one pick in next year's draft, Jared Stidham. Yeah. And the best SEC quarterback that I've seen uh, 
outside of Tua Tagova, I think that kid could be special. But we'll get to that in well, just a yeah, moment. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. He is for sure, but he has, he's definitely the most mature last year and when he was at Baylor. Uh, was very convincing to me. I think he's a great leader and yeah. will be a great draft pick. So to move on, Michigan smacks Southern Methodist 45-20. to 20. SMU is trying to still find their footing after getting the death penalty years and years ago. A long time ago. So, yeah, they were once an elite team. If you haven't seen that 30 for 30, go check that out. That's an awesome one. I think uh, two teams, SMU and Pitt, are kind of like the lost teams in college football. They used to be teams that would be in the national championship contention every single year, and now they've kind of fallen off to being... Unless uh, you're about 40 years old, you don't remember SMU being... Exactly, or if you're a Dan Marino fan (laughs) of Pitt. So, uh, a game that I call Battle of the Upset alert! Battle of the White Boys, BYU versus Wisconsin, the cheese curd classic. BYU upsets <laughs> Wisconsin. Classic. BYU upsets Wisconsin 24 to 21. This really upsets me because I thought of Wisconsin as the most consistent team maybe in the whole country top to bottom. And I know Christian always chimes on the offensive line because he's a you know, I'm, I'm biased, yeah. so I'm going to look at more skill positions, defense all the way around because I haven't personally had the offensive line experience that Chris knows, which is a really cool take that you don't get from a lot of analysts, that he's looking at things from more a different point of view than you do just looking at skill positions. Wisconsin, that was the offensive line that I believe was the best in the country, if not second best in the country. And that offensive line really, really wasn't performing up to standard yesterday, but it wasn't all on them, definitely not. It was definitely that defense. BYU was able to really make them look like an unranked team. And this is the number six team in the country you're playing Brigham Young, it's this. They're not supposed to come into Wisconsin and you know shake up anything like this. And this yeah, you, is an absolutely huge win. You can't count out BYU. They're one of those schools, just like Notre Dame. They have just they'll get weird five star recruits yeah. that are Polynesian. So they're a team that has talent that is hidden. Even Ezekiel Anshon, right. he was Mormon. He played basketball. You know, he kind of just matriculated into football. BYU gets those guys. They're a and sneaky I know program. At the end, if he would have made that field goal, would have went to overtime. Who knows? Yeah. If but special teams, are, special teams are important. You the, can't trust a kicker in college. Just plain and simple. I don't care how good you are. If you're in college, anything over 40 yards is, is shaky. Super sus. So uh, a big upset, um, not not in terms of name, but in terms of ranking. Boise State 17 was upset by Oklahoma State 24. Those G5 teams that are in the Power 5, I always root for them when they're ranked really high. But when you get a chance to go in the big house, you have to perform. And I mean, they Oklahoma lost State, by 23. Oklahoma State putting up 44 points, that's... Shows their air raid, the air raid offense that they always have gone for. It's you don't remember the last time there's been a dominant running back coming out of Oklahoma State, a dominant running back. It's always yeah. been their passing game that's been exactly. so attractive. And so this doesn't surprise me at all, but it does surprise me that it's against number seventeen Boise State, who they're the same way. They're notorious for having just you know, a pretty a pretty efficient offense, and their defense is not the best. Even though last year Leighton Vanderesh, who was heading mm-hmm. up that linebacking core, the defense wasn't bad at all, but. You know, 44 points, Oklahoma State. That's a convincing win. That's a convincing win. So, yeah, word out to all those teams that get the chance to come in the big house. Uh, you you got to perform. You got to you got to show up. Like that. That was cute. That was. So, <laughs> synchronized. You see a swim. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, number 20, Oregon, goes up, uh, actually goes down, Northern California, almost said up, uh, goes to San Jose State, and they beat them 35-22. to 22. San Jose State, another program I almost went to out of high school uh, in a... Actually, actually, at college, I almost went to. Just I know, would have, that would have well. been. And uh, another reality, me and Perry go to college together. We get married and, and have that dual world. income. So uh, a game, I'd, yes, I'd love to get to. Alabama versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a team that has usually had Alabama's numbers uh, in the past couple of years, specifically with Chad Kelly. Watching the first few min- or first drive for that Ole Miss, you thought they had their number. They right. threw a touchdown pass. I seriously thought Ole Miss was going to put up a fight against Alabama after that. 
they really turned it on, and Ole Miss just got stomped. So Absolutely two, stomped. Tua Tagova comes in and proves that he's special. When um, 11 for 15 for almost 200 yards, two touchdowns, basically just comes in, does his thing, gets out of there. Jalen Hurts went Don't seven. That he also rushed for five times, forty-seven yards. He's yeah, that's, that's that's sneaky. And if you watch the national championship game, he was uh, last year. He was dodging a lot of would-be sacks and coming out and just throwing those miraculous plays. He is very athletic. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's as athletic as Jalen Hearns, but he has the athleticism in the way that Aaron Rodgers has it, where he doesn't he tries to extend plays before he runs down the field. Where Jalen Hearns just. Bye, and just I feel goes down so the field. bad for Jalen Hurns. Just gonna be real on this one. He's gonna redshirt when you're that deep into college and you have an actual a beautiful past in college. Mm-hmm. Statistically, you're He's one of the best game managers. One of the best in Alabama. It's just Nick Saban trusts you. This is your team, and it's just a freshman comes in here and takes it straight from you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I know they're still giving him, of course. Game time, 7 for 10, 85 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But if this game wasn't as much of a blowout, I don't I don't think Jalen Hurts would have played, really played as much. No. much at all. And that's what's kind of been the way Alabama's handled this quarterback situation is uh, Tua comes in and he hasn't struggled thus far. So he's kind of just gone a lead and then Jalen Hurts comes in and out of respect gets a couple drives. So we'll actually touch on that specific situation later. But look for Jalen Hurts to be the biggest free agent in college football next season when yeah. he transfers. So uh, Mississippi State plays University of Louisiana Lafayette 56-10. to That's really funny because my former head coach is now the defensive coordinator there and he let up 56 points so he's not that good so to move on yeah i don't like him salt and pepper <laughs> texas uh whoops usc something that i'm very very mad about it's a talking point we have later on the podcast so just wanted to bring up the score and we'll move on from that that's 37 to 14 we're talking convincing wins that's a convincing win right there from texas a team that really needed one yeah a, for a tom Herman's, that's on the yeah. hot seat and a young quarterback who I really like there who needs a lot of help. Texas is a program that I, for the past two years, have thought was going to open up a lot better and has just severely disappointed me. And totally. Um, so a game that I watched start to finish, Ohio State versus TCU. TCU looked better than Ohio State outside of the quarterback and the defensive end position, which in football happens to be number one and number three of like the top important positions. Haskins, the quarterback for Ohio State, had a great game, 28 for 38. 24 for 38. 24 for 38, two touchdowns and about a nine-yard average per throw. Dobbins came and did his thing, had over 100 yards rushing. Someone I really like who really struggled, Sean Robinson, the quarterback for TCU. I believe it was two weeks ago he threw – he had five total touchdowns. He was just falling out. Someone He's an athlete for someone sure. Someone we tweeted on, and it was, I think, three touchdowns through the air and two touchdowns on the ground. Such a playmaker. And the thing is, you look at this stat line, it's the legs that usually get me. They kept him 24 for 40, 300 yards. Yeah, that sounds great mm-hmm. off the bat. But it's one touchdown, two interceptions. They... Forced him to cost mistakes, but this is what really jumps out to me. It's the fact that I told you he's so violent with his legs and so athletic, and they kept him to eight carries for seven yards. They really did contain him. That's, that's the key to the game right there because he can run all over you. He can pass all over you. That is the key to the TCU offense, and if you're able to stop him in the run game and limit him to just being a passer, it shows that, yeah, he'll, he'll, throw, he'll make some plays for you, but 
I don't know if he can just win the game as a passer. I don't. I think that they exposed him a little bit because one of his interceptions was this read option. It was like an option play where he tosses it out. It was a toss that went for a pick six. So that's that's seven points right there. Another play was Nick Bosa, uh, Joey Bosa's brother. Someone that's actually putting up an early candidacy uh, for, for Heisman. defensive Heisman. Yes, yeah, so the Deisman. So he comes in with a strip sack for a touchdown. Another touchdown that could have been avoided on the part of the quarterback. So... I think that he has a lot of potential, but he needs to hone in being a passer. It's something that I get on Khalil Tate from Arizona about. He is such an athlete, and he does some freak things, but it kind of kills you in the end of the game when you need to be a passer. Yeah. Both those quarterbacks, I hope they focus more on passing because they're so athletic. We saw Khalil Tate together. We went to that USC game versus U of A, and yeah. he single-handedly kept that team in the game over and over again. It was He was doing crazy, exciting plays. But like you said, it was more with his legs and, and not with his arm. He made a few mistakes, which was the reason why USC was able to slip out with that win. I really do like him and his potential on that offense. Yes. So my overall analysis of the game, though, I would say it seemed like TCU, outside of said quarterback and defensive end, it seemed like they were the better team. They were more athletic. They were recruiting better. But Ohio State also did this is the last game without Urban Meyer, so take that into account. So to move on, the last game of the top 25 – Washington beating Utah very convincingly, 21-7. The Pac-12, we need to band together and not knock each other out because I'm tired of hearing SEC fans talk all this crap. And the, the Pac is looking great. You know, Arizona State, U of A, Washington, yeah. even Washington State. We're all kind of huddled on Colorado. It's everyone is right there. I think Washington's had the most recent success. Oregon always floats around the 20s in the rankings, always gets knocked out back in. Last year with Royce Freeman, they... Really had a convincing run game this year. It's more of that gadget passing game with those cool jerseys, by the way, guys. Got those Nike headquarters up in, in Oregon. They're always flashing that sick neon. Yeah, that's definitely a major recruiting point for that college. Gives them a little unfair That's advantage. alternate city right there. We got like 17 alternates. Like, which right. one we pull they out today? They have like 92 sock yeah, combinations. Yeah, the pink ones out. Fuck it. Three top <laughs> games I'm actually really mad were canceled due to the violent hurricane Florence coming through. Uh, UCF versus North Carolina, that was canceled. Uh, Eastern Carolina versus Virginia Tech canceled, and West Virginia versus NC State canceled. All three games that I are ranked teams that have ranked teams and that I really wanted to watch, but unfortunately, due to natural disasters, we're probably not going to get to see these see these teams play unless they can work out a, a bye week type agreement. So that's the end of our top twenty five analysis of the week. games yeah. of the week. Yeah, the most important ones. So the next uh, topic we have today is. So having a, fre- a highly touted freshman quarterback is almost like the mistress of college football. You have this really established starter. He may not be you know, a Heisman candidate, but he's a very good, very reliable quarterback. But you have this five-star, long-haired Trevor Lawrence freshman that looks oh so nice in the garage. You just Scrunches. got him. And he comes in and does some amazing things. And uh, the fan base is the fan base. They're always going to call for a quarterback to get switched out when he has a couple games where he plays bad. But we have three examples or current narratives going on in college football where the young gun is probably going to unseat the established starter and we were just talking alabama we could start with alabama so yeah let's go two to go and jalen hearns uh, this something that started at the very last game of last season something that i didn't even think was even possible until georgia came out and started smacking alabama around it was it was a fairy tale for Tua. he came in and he just really just storybook ending you know he got sacked it was like any better he couldn't wrote it Even the ending, there. he got sa- it was a play that I thought ended the game. He gets sacked and then comes in and throws that touchdown. Like yeah. that's miraculous. So he goes into the offseason. We don't know who's going to be the starter, and obviously it comes out where the young guy gets the nod, and he's been unbelievably special this season. Another similar uh, type thing that happened last year was Jake Fromm and Eason from Georgia. 
uh, Eason was the starter the whole year before and gets a little injuries out for a couple weeks, and Fromm comes in and just you know, the true freshman takes the helm and starts. I'm not sure why we're seeing this shift towards the younger quarterbacks, but a theory of mine is that you have more years out of these freshman quarterbacks, and if your starter isn't a Heisman candidate, isn't a first-round guy, you might want to give the young guy a shot because you're going to have at least three years with him as opposed to maybe one. Yeah, and you don't want to force a guy to transfer because you want to put back his progress a year by making him redshirt or whatever that may be. If he knows he's better than the quarterback that's currently there or he sees that he can transfer somebody else and you know continue his career elsewhere, you see that a lot nowadays with especially quarterbacks. TCU is the king of getting transfer quarterbacks nowadays, exactly. and LSU just grabbed Burrow from Ohio State. You got you just gotta leave when you have the best guy there. You gotta go with the best guy. If you're a recruiter and you're going with the fact that you want to be the best recruiter, you're in and you're out. Yeah, maybe one year you just land on a gem quarterback. You land and you know that this is your guy, and you might be able to have him there for two or three years. Maybe if it's just two years, you're not gonna waste one by redshirting him. And exactly. then like a Sam Darnold situation. USC probably would have loved to have had him for another year. You can just develop him, see what you have. I mean, that's where the scouting and recruitment come in. You need to know what you have and be able to see past what you have right there, what you have for the future. And if you know what you have on your depth chart isn't, like you said, a Heisman candidate or the guy that you know is going to be a difference maker game in a game. Yeah, he's probably a good game manager. He's probably good enough for sure. He might be the better player at this current moment, but his ceiling is nowhere near who you have on the I think the bench. that's that tough decision, obviously, coaches and teams are forced with because you don't want to you don't want to leave a guy that's given you so much, you with so much history, a guy like Hearns or a guy like you said last year with Georgia with Eason. These are guys that you've trusted, guys that have know the offense, themselves. have proven themselves, have gone out and beat good teams, gone right. out and won major games. There's a reason why they're on the top of that depth chart. So if you have to pull them, in my opinion, it rather has to be some, they are just regressing and not doing well and you just have to go with the next guy up. Or you have to just bite the bullet and say, sorry, man, there's just someone that's in an even better position than you're in. And if you want to transfer for your like graduate year, mm-hmm. we respect that. And you know, we'll, we'll let you go. I think another thing that plays into this is, and something that I've seen over the course of my career is quarterbacks coming out of high school nowadays are much, much more game ready than they were in the past. An example would be yeah. JT Daniels basically skipping his senior year to start for USC. So this like is you another. Said he's practically a senior in high school. Right? Exactly. So this is uh, feeding into this narrative that you can start these younger guys because if, if this kid's coming out of Bishop Gorman, he's been a starter for four years of high school. He's more put together than quarterbacks who are coming out in 2000, 2001, who've only started a year or two on varsity. Yeah. I want this uh, conversation. The last point we'll bring up is the current narrative of the freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant out of Clemson. Kelly Bryant started all of last season and took them into the college football playoff. Um, lost, didn't get to the biggest game, but Trevor Lawrence, the five-star freshman, long hair, long hair, beautiful, looks like in the driveway, a white, shiny, looks like a white wax. Cam Newton. He's just giant, has a has a, a a big arm, and I think at some point in the season, probably coming soon, he will be the starter quarterback because. Kelly Bryant is a very good game manager, just like Jalen Hearns. He's very good with his feet. He can complete throws 10 to 15 yards. But Trevor Lawrence, and I saw this in the first play of the spring game, he can yuck the ball downfield. And with the wide receivers that Clemson has, it just suits it so much better for him to be the starter quarterback under Clemson, even at this very moment, because he can. those long plays are so much more valuable in their offense than Kelly Bryant, who's going to control the clock. They don't have a star running back to really facilitate that this year. So I think once 
maybe they hit their first bit of adversity, Trevor Lawrence is going to get the nod. They both can run good enough, too. I know this past game they definitely put up rushing stats. I'll let you get to the stats in a second. But I know that they're both, I wouldn't say equal athleticism, but both pretty damn close to each other. So it's not like you're losing much. And like you said, when you're looking long-term and you got that freshman who's mm-hmm. able to put up these numbers, able to go in and still be just as efficient as the guy who's a bit older and just as athletic, and you know that you might be able to have him for a little bit longer, You know that's a exactly. decision that you're left with. And I think I would go Lawrence, personally. I would, too, but... Clemson currently is ranked top in the country, and I know if they let up a loss early, it may knock them out of the playoffs. So I think right. this is going to be a transition where they're trying to ease in Trevor Lawrence. I think the stats show that. So they played Georgia Southern, a really nefarious organization. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Salt and pepper. Yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of hatred towards some people. So Trevor Lawrence, he had 12 for 19, 200 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Kelly Bryant, 7 for 10, 68 yards, one interception. So Trevor Lawrence had the better outing out of the two quarterbacks. Granted, they are playing a team isn't as good. To bring up the rushing stats, Kelly Bryant had six rushes for 27 yards. Trevor Lawrence, two for 13. So nothing really spectacular. Nothing to write home about, but good enough. Good enough, but in, in that, comparing their stats, Trevor Lawrence for sure was the much better passer. So the one thing that uh, you brought up, Kelly Bryant is the better rusher. But Trevor Lawrence is the better passer, and what is more important in a quarterback? It's being able to throw the ball. In reality, yeah. So I think that, you know, to end my point, freshman quarterbacks are the dirty mistresses of college football. You don't want to talk about them. You don't want to bring it up, but, oh, you just want to be with them so, so bad. So the next topic that <laughs> we're going to do. We're going to talk about bad. Let's talk about Florida State and USC. Yeah, and some, some programs that are we thought would be a lot better going into this year but have kind of shaken a little Florida bit. Florida State has... One win, two losses, and they ba- uh, almost and they beat, lost. They beat Samford, and, and they almost lost. That was too. a thirty-six to twenty-six win. They got they beat they got destroyed by twenty Virginia Tech when they were ranked nineteenth, twenty-four to three, and they went and faced Syracuse, and Syracuse absolutely stomped them thirty to seven. What's going on? I thought their quarterback was back. I thought the coaching staff was just fine. I thought the recruits were coming in hot, nice and ready, five stars, four stars. What's going on with Florida State? I can't explain it. I'm asking you. Uh, well, their offensive line is atrocious. Uh, DeAndre Francois has proven himself as a good quarterback, but this is just shows he, you that... But how, how, good, how much has he proved himself? I said good. I said yeah. good, not great. It also hasn't been a very large sample size either. True, but when you have, even if you're good, when you have a horrible offensive line like that and you're running for your life, they brought up the stats of how many hurries, hits, and sacks he had. It was like two plays in the whole game that he wasn't under fire in some capacity throwing the ball. I don't know about you. I can't do my job as well when I have big 300-pounders trying to hurt me. I don't think anyone does their job as efficiently when that See, happens. See, I haven't had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love 300-pounders going at me often. But if you did, you often. probably wouldn't be able to do your job as well as you do. I now. totally agree. So this is a... Willie Taggart has just not formulated his team correctly. I think they're focusing on the wrong things. They have this ridiculous turnover Gucci backpack. It seems that he is bringing in. I was hoping that he comes to Florida State, brings that tradition, gets the program on the the nitty gritty. They're going hard and grinding. To me, it seems like a young team that gets super emotional when they're getting beat. They're trying to fight other players. They're trying to get in a little scraps. It's a not well coached team, and I think that he might be on the hot seat to lose his job year one. I remember just like it was yesterday that Florida State was awesome and Florida was awesome, and it seems like yeah. they both haven't been very relevant the last two years. And something's going on now because I looked at them as two of the most successful recruiting colleges out there. And when you look at Alabama, it's a given. You look at Ohio State, well, maybe not anymore, but it was an absolute given, slam dunk. For any Mm -hmm. of these, even Clemson now over the past five years, ten years, they've marked themselves, even Auburn over the past five years, marked Mm -hmm. themselves as such a strong recruiter. 
I don't see that for Florida and Florida State anymore. And Florida State's recruiting class is definitely good. It's not the best in the country, but it's not bad they at all. Should and they should be performing way better. At a much higher level. And, you know, when you have that coach there, you expect change. You expect success or at least moves forward. To beat I, Syracuse. I just see regression. That's all I see. I, I don't think there's a chance that they'll fire a coach a couple games into his first year, but if they lose again next week, they need to lock the team and have a team. I don't know what the heck they need to do because they can't just get a new player in college football, but this is a program that is not looking good. Not looking good at all. The, the name can't save you forever. we got one more program that's not looking good. USC, who was ranked number 22 last night mm-hmm. before Texas came and beat them 37-14. to 14. That is horrible. That's a stomp. I, I wouldn't... They're one and two, USC. I would have more faith in SC than Florida State for a couple of reasons. USC is coming off of losing one of the best college football quarterbacks, not in terms of statistics, but someone who really held up their team for two whole seasons. And now we're seeing the cracks that were already there under Sam Darnold. We're just seeing a change of the guard at quarterback. Yep. So USC, I knew coming into this year, they were a little bit over... If they were in the top 25, they were overranked because they're... Young in the positions that you need to be old, and they're old in the positions you need to be young. Yeah. So they're in a little bit of a transition period. Well, I like, think, like you said, their quarterback should be a senior in high school. Exactly, right now. he's very young, and what can you really expect? And I asked you before the podcast. You know, I know he's a diehard USC fan. I'm a, I'm a USC fan too, especially since I'm living here now. Corbin, are one of our unwrapped sports network family members, one of the co-hosts for the other ones. He just graduated from USC, USC also, so we love them. But I was wondering, why are they? not switching to a guy that's you know been there for a little bit longer. How is the other quarterback situation looking? And he said, mm-hmm. I just really don't think there's much competition for yeah. him like, and either. You just kind of kind of have to let him develop. Like it's literally throwing the egg out of the nest and hoping that you know it doesn't mm-hmm. crack on its way down. Hopefully it flies when it cracks. I think he is special. It's really hard to tell right now, and there's so many question marks across the whole team. I think that you let him start. You let him get the kinks out now. If USC goes... Eight and four and wins their bowl game this year. I'll personally be happy. That's a win. I mean, they're one and two, so they would exactly. So they're going to go eight and and three. But I think that this year, if they can have some semblance of being a winning team and competing in the Pac-12, they'll be scary next year. And it's it's hard to. And I know being a Laker fan, we've had to do it for many years now. Just sitting through the rebuild, (laughs) sitting through, praying that it'll get better. But USC, time and time again, has reloaded, restock. The the cupboards are never fully barren. We just need to give them time. We need to let USC do their thing and we have something truly special at quarterback. We have a we have a Marvin Bagley situation where we have a guy coming in who should be in high school and he's doing okay for someone who should be playing against, you know, 17, 15, 16 year olds. He's playing against grown men. So yeah. I think Florida State, you're in some serious shit. You need to figure out your identity. USC, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, Relax. 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 You're going to be just fine. So uh, the next segment we're going to go into, we're just uh, AP Top 25 released their their official Top 25 a couple hours ago. Yeah, this morning. And I know all the games yesterday, a ton of upsets. We put that on our Twitter. You saw every upset that happened. Big ones yesterday. Exactly. So we're going to read you off how things have shaken down, um, some things that we'll have to discuss. So number one, Alabama. Easy. Number two, Georgia hops over uh, Clemson. I think that's appropriate given that Clemson's having that offensive identity crisis, and Georgia for sure is solid in who they are and what they do. Number four, Ohio State. I would see them 
as the most likely contender to jump uh, any team, even if they all win next week because Urban Meyer is back. And your coach, when you have a coach like that, it definitely makes your team better. So that's just a representation of no Urban Meyer. Yeah. Number five, uh, Kyler Murray and um, someone who actually went to a school of mine in California. Hollywood. Hollywood Brown out of College of the Canyons had an amazing touchdown. I, I'm so excited. Yeah, I love we, seeing. We put that on the Twitter too. Kyler Murray continues to impress. Of course, the stat line's not jumping off in regards to passing because he is very athletic too. Exactly. It's very But if you watch like, the game, that you pass, can tell. That pass was an absolute bomb. It was mm. off a read option, and he just cranked back. Michael Vick that Threw all like the way a for-sure baseball player. It was insane, and as you said, Hollywood Brown just flying under that ball. He is, it was beautiful. He is a... Uh, He's fast. Another team we were talking about, number six, LSU. LSU. They have I number don't, six guys. That's a. That's I've a had to hear. Deal. I've had to hear drunken Bengal fans for the last couple of years. Bengal is in the Bengal Tigers. Yeah, they're they're backwards back there. Tell me how LSU is better than USC. Well, this year it's very apparent. LSU is the real deal, and I want to put some respect on a team who actually just beat my former team two weeks ago. Southeastern lost by. 40-some points, but we were able to cover the spread, so we won. Speaking of the other Louisiana teams, your former team, I know they are 0-3, I believe. And yeah. I don't want to say I'm happy because they did do you wrong a little bit at the end, and I know when I look at them, I don't hope that they lose because that's an awful thing to do. But I'm not upset when they don't win. They're, I'm, <laughs> I, I hope that every player does well. The head coach that coached me like, is we out We wish there. the best. Kind of. But it's like your ex-girlfriends. Like, I wish you the best, yeah, but, but suck a dick. So, <laughs> number seven, Stanford. Just displaying that having a great offensive line, a great culture of running the football can get you in the top ten year after year. That's a school that establishes the, the smartness, the grind. They're a school that I hope never loses that identity no matter who the head coach is. Yeah, Bryce Love is a hell of a player, too. And that's a school that... Just like Alabama, they have almost five stars across the offensive line. They're all top recruits, and that's why you see those teams up there. Yeah. Number eight, Notre Dame. I like them. Uh, there's nothing super special. I think they're a team that's a, a high candidate to lose and drop out. 3-0, and I'm glad to see them there. The past few years, they've been very shaky. They've exactly. Been the I kind of wish. One of the most inconsistent teams around in college football. One year there, all of a sudden they're 14th, then they're 7th, then they're 21st, then they're knocked out for a second, then they're back in it. Right. You have no idea. And because, high profile because they play so many high-profile games that are on TV, you're always watching them in different exactly. positions, and they have their own sports, or sorry, their own TV deal too. So they have exclusive rights, and exactly, you're always watching them. And it's it's good to see yeah. them back at three. And I thought after Deshaun Kaiser, they would be in a little bit of a down. Did they tick. do that game yet? That they didn't have the gold helmets because they were doing that design for the first game since Nam. That oh, they didn't I have gold helmets. I'm not sure. That's coming up soon. Pay attention to that. I think it's like the Shamrock. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks hey, like USC, cool. take notes. We want those black jerseys, okay? <laughs> So number 10, Washington, a pack to another second pack. Oh, we skipped over Auburn. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nine. So yeah, Auburn had that tough loss, but because they're an SEC team, they're not going to get hammered like a Pac-12 team, so they only fall to nine. Number 10, Washington, they lost to Auburn, so out of respect and just common logic, you have to put them there. Tied, though, is Penn State at 10. As a Pac-12 fan, I... I want to put Washington ahead of Penn State, but I think that Penn State's right now better than Washington. I don't think so. Yeah, this is completely Penn State 10, Washington 11. I yeah. think it's stupid that it's... Elsewhere, I mean, it's two and one record for Washington compared to a three and zero record for Penn State. Exactly, Penn State's played very well this year. There's and no reason Washington should have beaten Auburn. They shot themselves in the foot. They just lost. There's no I reason why it should go Auburn, Washington, Penn State. It should be going Auburn, Penn State, Washington. I agree. Number twelve, West Virginia, held, uh, led by Will Greer. They kind of got a pass this week because of the hurricane. And Virginia Tech at thirteen, the same way. You got to. 
kind of just omit them and kind of keep them around the same place. Because... Back to their back to back is really cool. Exactly, uh, yeah. Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, they they just like we were talking about with Florida schools no longer being maybe powerhouse in recruiting. Mm-hmm. It looks like Virginia. Virginia and West Virginia, sorry, Virginia Tech and West Virginia are figuring that out. All right, so we have Mississippi State at fourteen, a team that also I feel like needs to figure out their identity if they're going to be in the top end of the SEC, but still a grinding team that's going to have a good defense and very solid offense. Oklahoma State, a team that impressed a lot, you oh, know, bounced up from twenty-four. Oh, to exactly, 15. that's a big bounce, and they just beat um, Boise State on a at home shootout. So yeah, they're doing very well post Mason Rudolph era. That offense just does not slow down, and um, what's it, Gundy? He's cut his mullet now, so it seems like they're uh, they're just, focused. It's just not to their recruiting, just constantly right. Another another Oklahoma, another area you wouldn't expect to have a hotbed of Definitely. good football teams, but they do. So the national champions last year, the UCF Golden Knights, at, <laughs> the sixteenth uh, overall team, up, the Griffins, the Seagulls. They're up two spots. I honestly don't think they should be there, but until you knock them out, you got to keep them in there. I respect it. Two and zero, lose, right. and then we'll talk. <laughs> so number seventeen TCU, they dropped. I want to say they were at twelve. They dropped five. Oh, they're fifteen. So they dropped two spots. I mean, they, understandable. You got to drop when you work. lose. Um, but if it was a Pac-12 team, they would have dropped 10 spots. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, from, six, from from 6, drops all the way down to 18. When you lose to an unranked school, you that's just expected. BYU, Wisconsin, are you serious right now? I'm upset well, they even give you 18. I know that it makes sense to put you there. I'm going to put you at 40 this week. You right. are out of my top 25. You're disgracing it as you right. better come back next week and right. smash mouth, run that ball down, whoever you're playing, throw and, it. And that if win, I don't see 500 rushing yards next week, I'm going to be so... Oh, yeah, I want to see them pissed off. Oh, that's, my God. A pissed off running game like that's going to be really exciting to oh, watch. Say goodbye to the playoffs right there. Yeah, that's... was a team that was oh, almost a shoe in to make that the playoffs at the yeah, end. Say goodbye. Another team, though, in the same boat, Michigan 2-1, and one, staying the exact same as they were last week. They just, they just need to... Be more exciting. Their defense is amazing. Their yeah. offense just—I think it's a lack of guy they have at quarterback. Yeah, you know, they, they, weren't to, they weren't able to figure out last year, and they weren't able to figure out this year, even though their quarterback transferred away, and they thought they had their guy. I don't know what's wrong with Harbaugh. It's not that something's wrong because they're nineteen, and they always kind of float between like. But 10 they haven't and 20. had a quarterback. It's always been this guy transferring in, this older guy. He needs this to is get Michigan. Go out and recruit someone. Exactly. Serious? Look at Clemson. Look at that nice, beautiful freshman that they have. Go yeah. get you a long-haired, you beautiful a California beautiful quarterback <laughs> and just let just just suck next year yeah, and then be go great to Cali. again. Let's check it out. Seriously, the long-haired bonds <laughs> on the beats. Just so number twenty of Oregon, another Pac-12 team, makes me happy. I think they're a candidate to actually be in the top of the Pac-12 this year. They have a surprisingly good quarterback, and that's a team that. Is so pissed off from Willie Taggart coming in there yeah. for one year and then leaving. Definitely, I, lo- I love. They have that the team. biggest chip on their shoulder out of any team. I love in the that top team. 25. Their quarterbacks definitely on the Heisman watch. Right, and this is a team that shouldn't be twenty right now. There should be more along the lines of like sixteen. 17, exactly, they're, they're playing. They're playing angry. There should be no reason why Wisconsin is ranked above Oregon right now. That's my personal opinion. I understand that you can't knock Wisconsin down that far, but they just lost to BYU. Oregon's looked amazing this year. Their margins are great. I just. Another not to uh, it's the, the AP being biased, yeah. Pac twelve. So you have Ohio. Uh, you have uh, no Ohio. No. I thought Miami of Ohio. You have Miami. You. You. Yeah, you Miami of Miami. Talk about someone who needed a big game this week. They they really need to. They smashed Toledo. Toledo doesn't have as much talent as they did a couple years ago. But any team that's uh, in a power five should just smash Toledo. So they came out and did what they did what they had to do. 
I'm so happy the next team, Texas A&M, slips in at 22 because they play Alabama next week, and I think that is going to be a major, major candidate for an upset alert. 12th man. I know uh, this is a team that wasn't ranked previous to this week, and uh, just a big week for them. Moving up to 22, another team that wasn't ranked previous to this week, Boston College, a 3-0 record. They moved up to 23 right behind Texas A&M. Another big jump for them, huge. Um, they're notorious for having pretty good running backs. They're with the exception of Matt Ryan when they had that really good passing game. Exactly. They've always had solid running backs there. Year in and year good out. linebackers too. Luke Michigan Keithley. State. I don't even know why they're in the top twenty-five when they lost to Arizona State, who, trust me, isn't the best team this year, but is a solid team. But they have a one-on-one record. Not liking how they're looking. Their offense doesn't look great. Neither does their defense. That's another team like Notre Dame for me that could be 10th, could be 20th, could be right. unranked for a second, could pop back in, and you're playing so many nationally televised games that you're always paying attention to them. At least Michigan, I don't remember the last time Michigan's been unranked, and I've been sitting there saying Harbaugh needs to freak since out. Hoke was the quarterback. Time in and time out. Mich- Michigan State's always having problems if they're not being amazing. It's one end of the spectrum. Right. Well, they had Cook at quarterback. That was a lot. And they slipped into the playoffs and then got smashed. Yeah. So um, 25. BYU, Brigham Young University. Another uh, tie to my former past, my former, uh, he was my head coach for about a week, and then now he's the offensive line coach at BYU, Garrett 2J. I'm glad to see them get a win. BYU is a program, I know a couple years ago, they had those miraculous like last second wins, and they snuck into the top 25. I'm glad to see them in the top 25 in a more earned way than just throwing a Hail Mary into the end zone and beating Nebraska. So I really like that. They have earned their way into the into the top twenty five, and yeah. anytime you have one of these non conference uh, teams that is like Notre Dame, you have another exciting one. It makes college football more interesting because they're like the assassins of college football. They just go in, play random teams, and just f shit up. You know, yeah. they kind of just destroy yeah. the top twenty five because you don't know if they're going to be amazing or if they're going to be trash. Let's talk. Uh, Troy, that team that mm, came in, and the money makers. Well, how much money did they make? I know you so said that's that. So uh, between between this year and last year, it's over two million dollars. Uh, beating LSU on homecoming, and then beating um, who they beat just now. Honestly, I forgot this week. I just remember you sent me that stat saying Troy is making a ton of money. It's yeah. Crazy. Troy Troy had a major upset this week too. It was a game that they had gotten. So uh, for people who don't know, um. Top teams pay either Division One AA or lower Division One teams to be their cupcake game, and it usually ranges from nine hundred thousand to a million dollars. When my school played Oklahoma State, we got paid in the range of nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. No, I didn't see one cent of that, even though I played the whole game and worked for it. <sighs> school got paid. I'm glad they have a new parking structure. But yeah, they, uh, they beat Nebraska by the way. So they beat Nebraska, a team that wasn't in the top twenty-five, but a team that is one of those blue chip programs that you expect to be in the national championship conversation every year. So shout out to Troy, a team that... Shout out to BYU. Shout out to all these teams. All these teams that are showing up. this year. If you don't want to come Texas, correct... Texas. Texas is back. Hook them. That's it. If you want to count out a team like that, then you don't deserve to be on the field because every single player in college football can play. From USC to Appalachian State, all those teams have yeah. the opportunity to win. Look Seriously. at Penn State. They almost lost to them. Michigan, years and years ago, lost to them. If you don't come correct on Saturday, I mean, that's the beauty of college football. You love it. With NFL, it's a lot easier to predict, and you're able to you know crunch numbers more. With college football, you know it's, it's just the mystique in the air. It's something could be different that day. Corso could put on that head that day and piss off all the kids and everything. Right. And like it's just the fire that burns inside them because they're working towards you know their dream. They they work their whole life to get to play college football. A lot of them aren't going to be able to make the NFL. This is what they live for. You know Christian, who played college football, can definitely tell you about that himself. 
this is this is huge for them. So this is the the football memories that you know when you don't go professional, just like ninety nine point nine percent of all football players do. These memories are what you hold on to. Going into the big house and making them fight for their dinner. That's so exciting. You that's being a two star recruit. Your grandkids about you know back in my day, I was exactly. an outside linebacker for the University of whatever, and I took down number twenty three team in the country, and our right. entire stands emptied onto the field. And we exactly, were cheering. That's, it was ESPN top ten. That's that's, that's what you for. hold on for. And and as a fan, I know I didn't think there was as big of a fan base for these smaller schools until I went to them and yeah. was a part of it. But yeah, there is. when when you get a big win like that. It, it, it jolts the town. High schools in Texas have that fan base. Oh, exactly. Smaller colleges. It, it it stimulates the economy in the town. When our school made the playoffs, they had a little report that this this town saw over five hundred thousand dollars in added business for each game that we had at Southeastern in the playoffs. Yeah. So every time that a team like this small team gets a big win, there's an economic boom in that town. Things are live. I just love it. I love the college atmosphere. I love the excitement. The just like you said, any team can win any week. You yeah, have to come yeah, correct. Correct. And if only four teams make the college football playoffs, one loss is automatically a candidate that you're out of the playoffs. Yeah. So these teams are playing for the right to knock you out of the playoffs. That is what they're holding their head to. So if you have a cupcake team, just be aware. You could choke on a cupcake and lose. So we have uh, some of the Heisman candidates. I know it's early, but we were just checking on the status of how they're doing so far. Will Greyer, quarterback, West Virginia. Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, a defensive Heisman, a Heisman, uh, a junior out of Houston. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, running back, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not looking that great right now. Nope. Kyler Murray, like we were talking about earlier, junior quarterback from Oklahoma. Tua, from the quarterback from Alabama. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback from Ohio State, sophomore who is taking over since the transfer Burrow went to LSU. Justin Herbert, as we said, quarterback from Oregon, playing out of his mind this year. Drew Locke, quarterback from Missouri, senior. Uh, senior running back from Stanford, Bryce Love. Brett Ripken, quarterback, Boise State. Eric Dungy, quarterback, Syracuse, and Mackenzie Milton, quarterback, USC. So we're just going to do just track them, see where they're looking for stats right now. We know Will Greyer has two games played, over 76 completion percentage, over 750 yards, and nine touchdowns. Definitely looking good this year. Ed Oliver, I know he had a lot of hype coming into the year. Nothing crazy. I mean, he is three but games he's a played. Tackle. Yeah, 24 tackles, zero interceptions, zero sacks. Those aren't Heisman numbers. I know no. we were talking about Bosa being a possible Diesman. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard for those guys. He, yeah. he's more likely to be the number one pick than the Heisman. Keep an eye on him. Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin. Uh, this last game against BYU, 26 attempts, 117 rushing yards, no touchdowns. Solid numbers, 4.5 average, but didn't score. Uh, on the season, he's put up over 500 yards, 6.7 average, and five touchdowns in three games. Definitely solid. Kyler Murray, what makes him so great is his legs. So we're just going to read his passing stats. And his to baseball you. playing ability. And his baseball playing. He, in the season, over 67% of his passes, 863 yards, and eight touchdown passes. He's a deep threat, and that's what makes him so great. I just want to go on a small tangent. I know Colin Coward brought this up. Look how good Oklahoma's doing without Baker Mayfield, yeah. and look how bad USC is doing without Sam Darnold. I think that top to bottom, I obviously think Sam Darnold's a better quarterback, so do the Jets, but this is just clear proof that Sam Darnold is better. When I mean, if they're both successful when they're there and they leave, I'm not going to credit either of them for the misfortunes of the team past that. I'm going to credit the fact that which team was better prepared for future past that quarterback, who had a better backup quarterback, whoever was next in line, but they both... 
obviously put up similar statistics and both had successful teams. So them leaving, the fact that the teams haven't been successful wouldn't be on them. That's something Coward's wrong because, I mean, I guess you can teach your backup as much as possible, but being as dominant as they are when they leave, it's not their problem that, you know, no one's True, it's not it's not their problem, but neither of these teams had a mass exodus of seniors. Their teams are composed of primarily the same players they had. I, the I put that on the uh, the second line in quarterback. Oh no, true, but Sam Darnold for sure held that team up where there was cracks. Darnold's great. It's just Darnold it's never had early. a receiver it's, like Marquise Brown or D.D. Westbrook. It's too early to see anything from Baker Mayfield because he hasn't true. really played in any actual regular season game, so we won't really be able to compare until then. But Darnold. Has played very well so far. Not perfect, but you don't expect that from the youngest quarterback to ever start an NFL True. game. And, you know, I'm impressed. Uh, we got Tua from uh, Alabama. One game last week against uh, Mississippi. Two touchdowns, 191 passing yards, over 73% completion uh, over the season, 72% over 646 yards. and He also doesn't touchdowns. play the whole game, ladies and gentlemen. Even the first game, he split some time with Jalen Hearns. He, all of his numbers... He comes in, plays, and then leaves. He's not a true quarterback that will have all of these stats. So I think the Heisman won't be decided by stats this year. If Tua wins it, it's just going to be his displayed greatness. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And we got Bryce Love, 40 attempts this year, 165 yards and a rushing touchdown. He's not playing that well, and it's something to keep an eye on. But Bryce Love is a very talented player, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a resurgence later on in the year. But that's all we have for you guys today with our Heisman Watch. Everything covering getting this you week caught of up in the football. first you know two weeks of college football, letting you know who's hot and who's not. Yeah. So I just wanted to thank you guys again for tuning into our inaugural podcast. We're gonna have many more. Consider it maybe a weekly thing, and maybe Hopefully. a little yeah. over a week every week. But you will get an update on college football how the last week went from us. I just want to notify you again that we are not yet on the Apple Podcast app due to us having to be cleared, so we're on podcast.com. We are very excited to be on that platform now. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, at CFBUnwrapped. Also, get a chance to look at our other page, uh, NFL Fantasy Football and NBA. Thank you guys again. We love interacting with our fans. Please feel free to contact us on Twitter. College players, anyone who listens to this, feel free to get involved with us. Anyone who loves to talk college football, we'll talk college football with you all day. I know Christian's doing an amazing job with this, and he's a former D1 athlete, so he knows exactly what he's talking about. Former D1 athletes will probably be guests on this if I had to be a bed man. Even some former NFL players. So. Yeah, thank That's, you guys so much. No problem. Yeah, I was, I was such a pleasure being on today. Thank you, Christian, for having me. No problem. Hope you guys have a great day. All right, we'll talk to you next time, guys.